there, and welcome to another Irrational Passions review discussion here on the Irrational Passions Presents feed. Today, we are speaking with George Cruz about Sayonara Wild Hearts. Hi, George. Oh. Hey there, Jess. Hello. Hi, how are you doing today? We are here. I am okay. I'm doing all yeah. right. I, I may... Uh, you know, look within myself and fight my neon demons uh, in order to better understand myself and maybe recollect myself as well and and exit a lot stronger uh, and a lot more positive. Uh, that's what I think I'm going to do. I'm going to ride some motorcycles in my mind uh, and fight my demons or whatever. Uh, it's very up to interpretation. Sayonara Wild Hearts is. <laughs> Amen. Um, so... I guess let's just get right into it then. So you kind of talked a little bit about the overall plot of the game. Um, do you want to go into, I guess, that with yeah, a little bit more yeah. detail, let people know what the game's all about? Yeah, I kind of just sort of rambled a bit there. But um, so, yeah, Sayonara Wild Hearts is a game developed by Simogo. Uh, you and I actually played it at PAX East this year, uh, and we talked about it. And I actually rewatched that uh, to get where I was thinking back then and where I am now. But the game itself uh, is developed by Simogo. They were known back in the day for being like some of the best mobile game developers uh, back in the early days of like iPhone games with like Yearwalk and Device 6, like game of the year caliber games. And they've been quiet for a minute. And so they have come back with this, uh, they call it a pop album game. It is a game where uh, it is neon-filled, it is fast, it is vibrant, it is ever-changing. It is rhythm game-esque. We'll get into it how I feel about it, describing it as a rhythm game. But it's rhythm game-esque. You are, like, on a highway, you're always going straight, and you are moving to the rhythm of the music, but not so much like you are hitting notes um but the story itself of the game is that you are this character who it seems like you've lost yourself in like emotionally from what from playing it twice and like the descriptive like the descriptions and the storytelling of the game is kind of vague but it seems like your character got their heart broken or like they were ending a relationship or it was either they've lost something uh, and in that losing something or the end of a relationship, again, because it was kind of vague to me, so I don't want to make any... Uh, you can tell me how you felt about it, but it was a game about this character trying to find themselves again and getting that energy to sort of move on and pick yourself up and even come out of it a little bit stronger than you did bef- like even before this uh, heartbreak or this loss happened. Uh, am I too far off base? I'm the reviewer here, and I'm like, I think that was the story. <laughs> no, I think, I that think was that it. that's. I think that's pretty good. I mean, when I finished the game, the way that I took it is, I was like, okay, this is like the Ariana Grande song "Thank You Next," but in game form. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. You know, it's just, yes, like, it's just kind of like about picking yourself back up, recovering, and then like kind of looking back. I think at the past with like love and appreciation, and like kind of growing from that rather than growing out of revenge or hate or or being broken right if we're so to put some annapurna of... interactive synergy here uh yeah. and if they're listening to this it's sort of like the final the close to last chapters in florence right because florence is very much mm-hmm. that game about a wonderful relationship but it's a relationship that, that you know 
it ended. It wasn't forever. Um, and in that, there's that moment towards the end of the game where the lead character in Florence is sad and it's a breakup and it's rough. But by the end of it, you move on and you look back on the memories very fondly and you realize how it made you a better person. Or at least, like, you know, the the best relationships that don't work out, that's how you maybe reflect on them and realize, oh, you know, this person really brought this out of me. Or you you rediscover yourself a little bit when you have that moment of picking yourself back up. Um, and that's kind of, yeah, that, that's sort of what I got out of the game. Um, so there's that Annapurna interactive synergy. You're welcome, Annapurna. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm, I got the same thing out of it. Um, I thought that they did a really, really, I, I don't know. It seems like they do a really good job kind of tackling that message. Um, and I, I like that the last couple games they've done have all had a, a female protagonist. Shout out to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I guess let's talk a little bit about when we first saw the game at PAX. So what was what were kind of your thoughts when you first played the game way back then? Sure. So I think it, this game premiered at the Game Awards of the year prior. Um, and even when that trailer first played, it was serendipitous that I had played uh, their game. I had played one of their games prior rather recently before they re- revealed Sayonara. I played Yearwalk for the fucking Wii U. It's probably like, they actually tweeted out like, we made a dollar something on Wii U sales. I think this was a month after I played the game or a few months after, but I was like, I was that one guy that one October who bought your game on Wii U. Um, and so I was already immediately interested. And then... This game, either the first trailer you see or the first time you see a demo, it makes one hell of an impression like right out of the bat because the game is really fast and furious. It doesn't really waste any time. Um, so like it is loud. Like We are pink. We are purple. We are blue. We are in your face. We are neon. We are dancing. We are music. We are pop music. We are, you, you know, we are excited. We, it is vibrant. Um, so... The first impression is like it's hard not to be like holy hell what the hell is this thing um and i think i talked about it in that video that um i thought the music was fantastic it, it like right off the bat it's like this is fantastic like this is like modern this is pulling from some of the best of modern pop music it, it's very Ch- carly ray jepson it's a very it's very charlie xcx um there's a little bit of there's a little bit of everything there um and i loved it i i love pop music uh, like it's the main like that and like hip hop are like the the genres that I consider myself well versed in and that I listen to often. Um, so yeah, and I think when we first saw it, like myself, I was like we were very impressed. But I think my concerns at the time, and we'll come back to it once we maybe talk about the game as a whole and gameplay. Uh, I was concerned that it was maybe a little too easy at the time. I think that's because I was also thinking of that in that very traditional rhythm game mindset. I think I mentioned Thumper in that preview, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, I think if there's one thing I'm at, like I'm walking out of here concerned about, is that it's maybe a little too simple in terms of gameplay design. Obviously, not art and music and aesthetic and ethos, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that makes sense. And so I guess let's jump into that then. Um, what console did you end up playing it on? So I played it on PlayStation 4. Uh, you played it on Switch, I believe, Jess? So I started it on Switch, and I, f- I played the entire game um, on my iPhone. 
Gotcha. Interesting. And I have gotcha. to say, <laughs> I don't think it plays nearly as well as iPhone. So I'm actually going to go back and play it all on Switch. I was okay. just like kind of playing it on the go a lot. Gotcha. Um, so I wanted to I... get that perspective because, and I didn't want to sound so gamery like on the tweet or like in our discussions in Slack. Because I was like, yo, I think this game would not be great to play on a phone because it is so precise so, at, at it... moments exactly like i felt like i because i first started it on my phone and then i bought it for switch and i was playing it on the switch and then i jumped back to playing it on my phone to finish it up and at first i thought like man i just kind of suck at this game <laughs> like maybe it's it's kind of tough and i was doing it on on my phone and it wasn't it wasn't as accurate i wasn't able to move as quickly it was kind of a pain because like i mean i feel like my, my hands are plenty fast like my fingers were moving fast enough for it but it just like I don't know. It doesn't glide the same way. Interesting. Um, but but yeah. then on Switch, I started playing. I was like, okay, this is a million times better. Gotcha. So how is it on PlayStation 4? On PlayStation 4, so <laughs> this is weird. Like, So I'm a recent Switch owner here. Um, and I like the platform a lot, but it's not... A lot of people talk about it the way I talked about the Vita back in the day. It's like, this is my one platform. <laughs> I love it so goddamn much. It's perfect for indie games. It's great. And I like it, but something about the controls, especially the, the Joy-Con specifically, even the Pro Controller... They don't feel as tight and as precise as I'd like to them to, to be, like, in terms of Dead Zone. Mm-hmm. So I'll play this on PS4. That's why I waited for the PS4 version. Um, and I should say that Annapurna Interactive uh, provided me with code for coverage. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think on PS4, it, it feels so gosh darn good. And the vibration on it as well. It feels very mm-hmm. tactile. Oh, tactile enough. I think this game, and this isn't, sound, this isn't a bad thing. It feels a little floaty because you're moving so fast and furious. Because uh, you're on a, a bike for most of it, but I wouldn't describe it as feeling like you're on a motorcycle, um, if that makes any sense. But yeah, it runs great. runs at 60. I don't have a 4K TV, so I wasn't able to test out the 4K bit of it, but this is in 4K on PS4. Um, yeah, I, I'm wondering... That, and you haven't finished on Switch, so I can't. you can't really answer this question, but... Um, one of the extra modes in the game is a mode that a lot of folks and I myself are wondering why wasn't this the first mode they just started with. So it's a mode that it doesn't take breaks between levels. It just plays it all in one. Um, mm. It doesn't even tell you like silver rank, bronze rank. It doesn't tell you just like just go and at the end it will give you one total grade. Um, so there's like a brief loading time between there. Like it's just like a purple screen or whatever and then it goes in. So I wonder how loading is on Switch for that, but... Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, but, that's something to I'll look into for sure. But yeah, I like it a lot on PS4. Good, good, good. Um, okay, so you said after completing the game, you do get the option to play through continuously. Um, but when it's broken up the way that it is when you initially start it, how many parts are there? So I may be mistaken, and I'm going to look this up real quick, but I want to say there is at least 10 to a dozen sections because yeah. there are some of the main like cornerstones of the game are the songs with with lyrics with vocals on it uh, from I believe it her name is Linnea Olson. Um, mm-hmm. I think there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, about eight songs, and that last one is just the credit song. So there's at least seven. So I would say it's probably about a dozen of fifteen. Uh, this is mm-hmm. me being very inaccurate, not knowing at the top of my head. No, I um, think, I but think that sections, seems about right to me, yeah. Yeah, but these sections are, like, they're short. Like, they're about, like, a minute 30, apart from, like, when a song goes very long. Like, Inside, which is one of the last songs, is a lot longer because it's, like, a final boss fight. 
Um, and the last song is like eight minutes total. It can, it's three songs broken in. I think it's like eight minutes. But otherwise, you're going to be beating this game in about an hour, an hour and a half. Um, unless like you're really struggling. And even then, the game like lets you know, like, hey, this is too t- tough. We can just skip this. I never did that because I never struggled with it that much. And I wanted, I didn't want it to like, because, and I, I haven't talked about it, like this game like has continues to like change things up and surprise you. I think it never has a moment where it like, it doesn't feel, it doesn't want to reuse a gimmick. And I don't mean gimmick in a pejorative sense. I mean it like, we're going to try this thing. We're going to try this thing. Here's a dragon. Here's this like sword mechanic thing. Here's this like video game thing. Um, and it always keeps trying new things. And I didn't want to miss out on at least a second of that because it is so inventive and so cool. Um, so I just did everything. And I just went through it and I didn't find it too frustrating. Um, but yeah, the game has some extra. Once you finish the game, there are like some challenges. I think they're called like riddles or something like that. Um, which are like all the trophies and achievements are attached to. So like you finish that game, you have zero trophies, which was an interesting thing that I, a trophy person, noticed. Um, it makes you work through that. So if you really want a replayability thing, there are those weird challenges. And there's also like uh, some different modes. Like I mentioned, the the mode where you can just play through the entire game in one go without any breaks, um, which I think is one of the uh, best ways to play it. But you don't really have a choice the first time through. Um, but yeah, I think it is a short game because it is supposed to be, uh, it's like the length of an album. Like it calls itself a pop album and it brings that into the, how long it is. It's not going to take your time that much. Like you just got to find about an hour to play it through. And I think really that's the best way to take it all in. Um, it sounds like you had it in breakout sessions, Jess. Um, I did. And I think that I kind of do want to go back through and play it in one session because especially thinking about it conceptually as an album, um, it just makes the most sense. Yes. And I think, um, and I think I I didn't touch it on the, I I don't know if I, I haven't touched on it too much, but I think it is replayable in that there are sections in this game that are my favorite. Um, I love uh, wild hearts never die. The last one. Um, Mm. but I think, and this goes into why I don't think I would describe it as a rhythm game, um, I am not replaying it to get a higher score, at least not yet. Um, I'm replaying it because I just want to experience that scenario again. And maybe that's just a me thing, but I have gone back to Thumper and try to get a higher score. But that's because it feels... I don't know, like, because in this game, you aren't hitting notes. You are collecting little hearts, and those hearts add to your score. And there are quick time events, and those quick time events will also add to your score. But you're not like, it's not like a rock band track where you got to hit these notes to, you know, get that score. So that's why it breaks my head a little bit in describing it as a rhythm game. I'm not coming here for the feeling of being in rhythm with a thing. I am here just to be on the ride. Um, if yeah. that makes any sense at all, I, there's a question that once someone asked and we, we asked folks to give us their experience with the game. Um, and someone asked about what this game reminds me of and I'll get to that later, but yeah, I think we've danced around, uh, the big thing now, Jess, I think we should just talk about how this game looks and sounds. 
I think we should too, because honestly, I feel like that's the part of this game that demands the most attention. Right. I'm sure um, like so people let's... listening is like, man, these guys talked about like, <laughs> we're going to get to the thing that everyone's like, yo, this game is pretty. <laughs> yeah. No, let's talk about the art and music. Um, so is there a certain level or a certain track that stood out to you the most? Sure. So yeah. And you know, we mentioned it a little bit that this game is pink. It is purple. It is blue. If you enjoy those colors, this is the game for you. Um, I think my favorite level is inside. I think it might be inside because that's the one that is the perfect mixture of challenging and spectacle. Um, and again, I mentioned like, I don't, I don't like to call it a rhythm game because a lot of it, you're just kind of going through it. Um, and this is the one where I felt like, I was the most like being challenged with what was happening. And there's, and, and that one has sections too. Like in this, one of the final sections, if you, for some reason, haven't played the game yet, I assume, because this game is up, out so available, uh, like an Apple arcade and stuff like that, that I feel like a lot of folks who wanted to play this game have played it and it's short, but regardless, this last section, uh, like it turns like you are on the motorcycle and then you are like the person you're fighting starts throwing up and you're like, like mm-hmm. flying on their throw up and then you like um that's when you're, like the enemy turns into a dragon and then you have like a crossbow and all of this stuff um it's no it's not that's not the one with the airplane that's the uh the stereo lovers i believe they're called yeah um that was fantastic also but i think it's uh if i was the t- my top three would be inside um I like the last part of Wild Hearts Never Die, but I don't like the beginning, but I'm still going to put that Wild Hearts Never Die and then uh, Mine, which are the the vocal tracks. And I wonder how many folks actually just replay the vocal tracks. <laughs> not, that the, not that the other ones aren't great. It's just that those are the ones that had the most... Ugh. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Linnea Olsen brings it to this game. Like, just the voices... Is, her voice is perfect for the music. It's so good. Um, yeah, man. And I, I really, swear, my I girl needs that... to get out there more because, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. people just like someone just found her recently, and then Anna Perna retweeted them. It's like, oh yeah, this is the person who did the the music for this. <laughs> yeah, no, she's absolutely incredible. Um, what's funny is like I'm trying to think of the ones that I liked the most, and I feel like as much as I do love her, though, the ones that really stood out to me were almost more the ones without vocals, <laughs> which is kind of more interesting. What? Sorry, Jess. The, the ones that didn't have vocals. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Like, I really liked Night Drift, uh, which is the one where you had the car, which was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the gimmick, or I guess, like, I don't know. I feel like, like you said, gimmick kind of seems, I don't know, Yeah, it's negative, like which but is, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, but no, it's not. Uh, Parallel Universes, I thought was incredible, um, mm-hmm. where it snaps and, like, the map changes. Right, yes. Um, Hearts and Swords and... Uh, Gosh, it's, what's the uh, Begin Again, the first song, uh, the first, like, boss battle, I guess, song. Yeah. Um, that one's really good. And that's the game, that's the level, and that was in the PAX demo. Like, that Begin yes. Again level, it's like, the, the game is very loud and very, like, yo, like I said, we are here, we are gonna <laughs> be pink and purple and loud, and now we're gonna start singing, and we're gonna, like, tear this whole city apart, you're gonna be flying through hearts and stuff, and if you're not down with that, you better leave, because at this point, there, there's nothing more for you, my guy. Because um, that's really when the game, like, because I think the first track, like, where it's, like, doing that Claire de Lune uh, version, it's like, oh, okay, this is all right, and it, was, it wasn't, it's not so up to 10, it just seems like it's kind of chill, and then it ramps up until where it gets to uh, begin again. It's like, okay, 
this is what this game is. Here it goes full blast. Um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a great level. It's real good. That's probably the one I replay the most, just because it's a little too easy now. Uh, yeah. I, I, in the PAX floor, it was a little more challenging, and now I'm like, I oh, just breeze through this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think when we look at that look of it, like it personifies like it has such a vibrant, youthful energy. It's just, it's very like almost with the color palette, I'd say almost kind of vaporwave, like vaporwave, neon pop. And I, when we got to, uh, or when I got to the night drift uh, one where you're in the car, the first thing that I thought of was like, oh, this is Drive. I'm Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what it right. reminded me of 100%. And I was like, oh, and I really liked the music too, but it just, it, gave me just that vibe and i love it it's so that's true good. it's got it's got some notes of kavinsky on there that, that's not that's i didn't think about that that's true yeah <laughs> it's got some kavinsky vibes to it but yeah i think the look of this game is just so fantastic and it's such a it's so interesting because it's such a drastic drastic like step away from what they've done before and i think it makes sense that they've been so quiet for so long that last game was I want to say Year Walk was either 13 or 14. So it's been a long, long, long time. And uh, not only the developers, but also Daniel Olsen has been the composer for, like, they've all been together since the beginning on, on, as Sumogo. Um, Device 6 was, like, this really stark, like, puzzle game that looks like a 60s, like, uh, spy aesthetic. And Year Walk is this, like, Nordic horror game. And now they're doing this... Mm, big beautiful pink pop thing um it, it it just looks stunning like just frame by frame uh you pause that and it just looks like man like and that's why replaying it is so it's such a treat in this because there's stuff you miss um and when i replay it and it was like yo that was so goddamn good and that is just like 15 seconds and that is like more exciting and more vibrant and colorful and energetic than a lot of games out there. <laughs> it, it's, it's so impressive. Um, but yeah, I think, um, you know, it's, it's, there's not a lot to this game. I mean, you can talk a lot about what it's pulling from and like what it looks and like, even they were very upfront of like, here's what, like it is sailor moon. It is this, it is that it is this and that and this, um, like it very much, it very, very much wears inspirations on its sleeve. Um, a pro tip for people who are listening to this, uh, Daniel Olson, who is the main composer for the game, a pro tip for people who are listening. If you go to Daniel Olson on Spotify, he actually has the unofficial soundtrack, which is a playlist of all, like, he just puts like, here's all the stuff I listened to that inspired to it. And it's like Anna Monaguchi, Carly Rae Jepsen, Churches, Sia, uh, who else is here? Uh, out, the OutRun soundtrack for Sega, because holy f- fucking moly is this game a giant, like, Sega love letter. It is, uh, I-, I was trying to see if I was digging too much in it, but like, it's like, it's Panzer Dragoon with like the dragon section and the crossbow section. It is inherently res with it being like, this is, it's not a rhythm game. It is just this music, audio, visual, interactive experience thing. And that's that's not a marketing, like a punchy thing, but that's the best way to describe it. Because I don't want to describe it as not a game because that's that's kind of derogatory. But like you are going to be like moving around stuff. And it is interactive, but again, I'm not here to like simulate the fact that I'm playing a guitar or like, 
I'm here just for the ride. Um, and it is very much like like Res was. If you're not familiar with Res listeners, it was a early Sega Dreamcast like. Um, I don't really, I don't even know what kind. I'm, I don't know what kind of e- d- uh, dance music you would call it, but it was this very futurist, like connected, weird thing where you're just like, you're. It was pretty much just the crossbow sections with a bunch of like cool visualizations of like, like technology and all this stuff. Anyways, but in the outrun sec, like the the part with you're in the car when you're getting to the the boss that turns you into that video game, it is super outrun. Um, and we'll get, again, the number one thing this game reminds me of, once we get to the question, I'll answer what the number one thing this reminds me of, but, yeah, I think, um, I don't know if there's much else to say about it, but, like, um, yeah, I think, all in all, my thoughts on the game is that it is a vibrant, colorful, and fun audio-visual interactive experience, um, that I think it is it is easy it is simple in gameplay but if you're in for the ride if even it's just like i think it even it, it really is even just just to see it like just look at this fucking thing and like look at what people can do like as a creative work i don't want to sound hyperbolic but it is just so impressive and just how much energy it has um that being said and i mentioned it again that i wasn't here for the challenge of it um, while I think it is gorgeous, it sounds wonderful. Um, it's a nice short experience. Um, there were moments when I became slightly uninterested, and in this game, that's like three minutes. But like, I don't see myself going back for score. And I know people have tried, like people, like there is a ranking system. But for me, it just it felt too vague um, to understand what the rules were to get a high score. Um, like, do I have to collect all of these hearts on the roadway? Do I only have to collect certain? Can I miss some and go for this? And I'm sure there's a language there that people who are going for those scores are trying are figuring out. But for me, it's like, ah, I'm not really here for that. So if I was to give it a negative is that sometimes I, I became disassociated with it in terms of playing. And I was just like, I just want to see the next thing. And this this one level, usually the ones that aren't the vocal songs, not all of them, like it's it's quality, but there are were, were on, there were ones where I was just like, I'm just I'm just gonna go through this. Um, but yeah, that's like the one negative thing I have to say about it. So overall, then, what kind of review would you get, or what kind of review score would you give it? Ooh, that's a question, right? <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm I'm very much I'm I'm very much the person who, uh, on staff, at least I have to think of myself as a person who like, if you're really really stretching what you can do audio uh, in terms of audio and visuals in the way a player can interact with the what, what you've made like I'm gonna love it and I still stand by it and I'm also a person who loves rhythm games so I'm kind of bummed with that I, I'm it's not hitting that itch that I have somewhere in my dumb gamer mind even though I, I'm even saying it it's not a rhythm game but some part of me is like ah but it's kind of a rhythm game and in that part it's kind of a bummer for me personally um I would go with I a think nine. That's very fair. Yeah. Oh, a nine. Nine out of ten. Uh, you you think I was gonna go lower? <laughs> I I kind of when you said that as a rhythm game, it wasn't quite delivering. I was like mm, maybe maybe knock it down to an eight or something like that. But a nine. I mean, I I really love the game, so I think a nine is very apt. I yeah, like it. Yeah, and, so. and I think people maybe listening maybe expected lower because 
and we'll get to it when we get to our reader responses here uh or because like for a lot of people this game resonated incredibly personally and very emotionally and for me like i thought i felt i was i was over the root over the moon because of the music and the the color and because of my Sega nerd ass was like, yo, that dragon was <laughs> fucking crazy though. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a nine for me. Um, just, I guess, what were your overall thoughts like in summation before we get into these questions here? I think the biggest thing um, that I took away from the game and you mentioned it, which I love is it's more an experience than anything else. And that's kind of why I want to go back and I do want to play it in one sitting. Cause I did have to like, I just, I broke it up into two sessions. I played like the first half. Um, I think it was like the first, cause there's five main bosses. I played up to like, pa- like right past the second boss. Um, and then I finished up the rest and I kind of want to go back, do it as a whole thing, experience it that way. Um, it's something that, emotionally resonates a lot with me um and just like how i felt about life and and things happening in it uh, especially as of late um and that final song is a perfect beautiful song and and one of my favorite songs ever in a game <laughs> so uh shout out to the one during the credits or yes yeah the, the one... credit song okay yeah 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 yeah, absolutely adore it. It's just so sweet. And like, I, I, I like listened to it and I was like, this is amazing. And then I listened to it like 30 more times and I was like, okay, I need to, I need to do a cover of this. <laughs> so oh, wow. I want, I want to learn it on guitar and like figure this out. Please be and, excited uh, folks. Yeah. I, I want to do it. <laughs> it's really pretty. Um, but yeah, I, I love the game. Um, it's very much my, my aesthetic. <laughs> in yeah. Terms I think of a lot art. of people's it is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, if you're if you're somebody who likes art, if you're somebody who likes artsy movies, um, that kind of like pop, vibrant, um, like I even kind of said, vaporwave, neon aesthetic. Um, I I think that you're gonna love this. I just I don't think that there's any way you couldn't love it. <laughs> it even has kind of just like that. Um, I don't know, like anime like Japanese kind of vibe to it too. Like that you can see like the Sailor Moon influence and stuff. Yeah, so if totally. you're somebody who's yeah, if you're if you're into that, if you're into like the Japanese art meets, you know, that neon vaporwave look, like you're you're gonna love this. Yeah, it has um, like some shojo energy, like like a yes. shojo manga or something. Like it's absolutely, I yeah. completely agree. Um, and just as a, a note too, for people who are listening to this and they're like, hey, I want to play this game. Uh, if you have an iPhone and you've updated it and you have Apple Arcade, uh, Apple Arcade is free for the first month, so you can play Sayonara Wild Hearts completely free for mm-hmm. thirty days. Yeah, uh, that that's not a, that's not a plug for Apple. That's just like no, no, it's that, not. That sounded very plug like, and I didn't did. mean it that way. But it was more just like more... you gotta see this thing, man. <laughs> yeah, it's more just like me being like, hey, I really like this game, and like it's free right now, and this game honestly is worth money. So like, totally. I'm all for forking, you know, forking over that cash and, and paying these people. But um, I also just want people like it should just be exposed, and people should play it. So like, you know, uh. Yeah, I think if you, if it you makes haven't. sense that this is like the crown jewel of the Apple Arcade. Again, not, this is getting into an Apple Arcade like <laughs> marketing thing. But it's like you look at this game, it's like, yeah, like you see that like, hey, we're launching a game service. Here's this game that like for anyone who maybe isn't too tied into video games, like look at this this is what games are doing now like look at this art look at this music and it is within the confines of something familiar to you 
Like, it is kind of like an endless runner. But look at what you can do with that, which is a good argument. It's like, why would I play anything other than X game, which I ever played? Well, it's because like people are doing stuff similar to the thing you like in X game, but they're doing all this other crazy stuff with it. So absolutely. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, but yeah, nine out of 10 for me. Yeah, which is high praise from from us at IP and from George. So um, you guys should definitely check it out. Um, the last thing that we're going to talk about is the community thoughts that you guys left us um, on Twitter and and through email, various various forms of communication. So George, do you have those over there? Yes, and so I'm itching to get this first one out there. Uh, Chris Ooh, okay. uh, tweeted us a lot. Um, and for people not listening right now, I'm just going to put this out there right now. Alex O'Neill, I had her in Treef, is like, we got a 10-minute warning meeting. I was like, that's not happening, my guy. Anyways, <laughs> um, I'm going I'm to I'm message him after this. But okay, so Chris mentioned a lot of things. But um, the one thing I am dying to get, so specifically, this is uh, Chris Compendio uh, at Compenda, Compenderizer? Compenderizer? Um, uh, so they mentioned what other pieces of media, games, film, music, etc., that Sinai reminds you the most of. Um, and for me, the thing this game reminds me the most of in terms of mechanically and not being a rhythm game, this reminds me of Sonic Unleashed. This reminds me of Sonic Colors. <laughs> this reminds me of Sonic Forces. This reminds me of the Sonic the Hedgehog games made in the Hedgehog engine. Because those are games that are behind the back. They are not really about platforming per se for some levels, like the big set piece levels. Those are about going fast as hell, collecting as many rings as possible, and looking at the spectacle around you about how fast you're going. Like, you're going around these loop-de-loops, and like, oh my god, look at all those cities, and then some balloons pop up, and then fireworks, and like, but you're just running um, and collecting rings, like you're collecting hearts. Uh, so that is a funny. weird pull, but I think that is a, I think that's a not out here take to say that it shares a little bit of those modern Sonic games. Uh. Not at all. What's funny is I was going to say, like, when you said Sonic, I giggled because I was, you know, just, I don't know. Sonic Sonic is just kind of inherently a little bit funny to me. <laughs> sure. That's um, what, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Like, I think about it. And, like, there's even, um, so there's one level where there starts to be, like, these pads on the floor where, like, if you hit it, you go, like, up to the ceiling and you kind of switch back and forth. And I remember just, like, the fast-paced loops, like, going up and down. Yep. I was like, oh, yep. this does feel it's kind Sonic. of Sonic-y. <laughs> it's Sonic-like. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it, it really is. So I think that's actually, like, a really excellent observation, yeah. George. So, Chris, so, uh, kudos. that's the one thing I was buying to let you know and the people know. Um, it is not just Sega in Res and in Outrun and in Panzer Dragoon. It is also a little Sonic. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got more questions, specifically from Chris. From Chris. Uh, uh, I just want to hear from the two of you, which songs from the soundtrack y'all have it on repeat? Uh, Jess Ooh. shared hers, but you want to say, say it again, Jess? Sure. Uh, just to recap, I guess, then. Um, so I love Begin Again. I love Dead of Night. Um, I love A Place I Don't Know. That's probably my favorite. That's the standout track mm-hmm. for me, even though it's not even one that you play the game to. It's just the credits. Um, like I said, one of my favorite songs in a game. Um, I thought Forest Dub was really good. Um, Hearts and Swords and Night Drift. Those are probably my top tracks off of yeah. the, the playlist. 
And it's, it's and hard to like, you? it's also hard to like be like, here's like my few, because it's like pretty much a lot of it, honestly. All of <laughs> yeah, it's pretty yeah. much my favorite. But if I was to be like, what's the one uh, I listen to the most? I think it would be probably uh, mine. Uh, Wild Hearts Never Die is my second favorite. When I really want to feel what that game, like the thesis, the nut graph of that mm-hmm. game wild hearts never die is that for me like in terms of the way it's a short song it's like a minute 50 um because it doesn't have it's in the middle of this long between these other songs but the way it builds and the way it goes into the groove and like it's very easy like it is the summary paragraph for that whole game um but yeah and then i think the begin again obviously because yeah you know it's it's yeah it's like the song for that game for in terms of like when you first introduced to it it's like oh yo <laughs> yeah i would say begin again and wild hearts never die um like you you nailed it with two songs that like really i feel like capture the essence of the game mm-hmm. um so yeah and i think chris had one more here would you say that hitting gold ranks in the levels requires real player skill or just memorizing where everything is from replays or is that memorization a skill unto itself? And so, yeah, I think this goes into, like, what I described it as a rhythm game. like, And also, like, describing as a Sonic game. And I, I'm sorry that this is the truth, but, like, a lot of people don't like those Sonic games, the newer Sonic games, because they were based on memorization. Because, like, uh, and you wouldn't die instantly, always, but you could hit a wall. And that wall, like, if you were, like, if you were, like making a turn, if you hit that wall, dead stop. All momentum gone, like it's done. But if you remembered it, if you memorized it, it was like the most coolest shit ever. It's like, oh my god, look at how fast and how cool this this person playing this game is, and look at man, Sonic can freaking go. Um, <laughs> so I think there is definitely some memorization. I don't. I think it, it's mostly memorization, and, and I don't want to sound like all oh, this game has no skill, or whatever. It's just like, for me, the way I think about like something like a thumper or. Um, I mentioned Thumper a lot, but I'm trying to think of another modern rhythm game that I really, really love. And I can't think of one right now. But, like, even, like, a rock band, an audio surf, a guitar hero, there was much more of a timing element, and there is here. But not so much so as those games, if I'm making sense here. I don't know. Jess, what do you think? Yeah. um, So I think timing is definitely an element in this game. And I think that the songs do help kind of, like, guide finger movement as you like just navigate through the level but it's it's definitely i don't know it's not full-blown rhythm game i think that that's just definitively i don't know i I think it's just not a full-blown rhythm game yeah Um, i think it's a bad thing it's just not what like i'm coming at it from you know yeah exactly exactly like it doesn't it doesn't have to be exactly what we expect a rhythm game to be or it doesn't have to like meet all these criteria to still be a good game um i think that there there is some skill to getting the gold ranking because like there is um if you do things that are riskier yes um, that's you true do, you do get like a bonus to your score um so i mean if you're looking ahead of you and and you just purposely like cut you know really close to different corners and, and things like that you can get your points up pretty fast and you mm-hmm. can um, get a gold score um and on top of that like when there are turns if you make certain turns in the same like if you do um like if there's a left or a right turn and you choose left and you continuously choose left, um, it builds up and it like it's like a combo type thing. Yeah, um, that's true. So yeah. 
so there are ways like that require skills to where you can boost your score. Um, I would say that there are certain parts of the game where yes, memorization becomes a thing. And I still think that is a skill in itself. Um, but it's not maybe, yeah, it's not like, we're not saying like, oh, it's just, you've memorized it. Like, no, there's, there is, (laughs) there's skill to that. Like you have to, yeah. yeah. But like, for instance, the thing that, that like, in my mind, when I think about like when memorization is key in that game, um, is there were a few times that I died doing one of the sections where you're going down a road and it's like left turn, right turn. And if you, and there's like a little, like, I don't know, I guess like a place to pivot. And so you need to like cut to one side or the other to hit that pivot thing so that you don't run into a wall. Um, and so you have to, I don't know, it's, it's something where you kind of have to memorize where those are because it's fairly quick turns. Um, and especially like if you're playing, I think it's a little bit better if it's like PS4 or Switch where it's a little bit more precise. Right. Yeah, totally. But on your phone, when you're using your finger and you don't yeah. have much, you know, much time before, yeah, it's yeah, like totally. it's hard to have that quick movement. Yeah. I'm glad you got that perspective because I was wondering, saying I was like, this seems like a not fun to play. I wonder how if you can no. play that on an Apple TV remote. That seems like a not fun. Um, yeah. Alrighty. So the next message we have here is from Brandanowitz at Brandon uh, underscore 627. I thought the game was absolutely amazing. I really was not expecting the message at the end and how hard it would hit me. Do you think this is the last we'll see of Sayonara Wild Hearts? And if it's not, what would that take as either an expansion or sequel? And what's your favorite song? So we kind of answered the last part there. Um, yeah. I don't see them coming back to this. I think it's pretty, like, as a work, it's like, it's pretty, in terms of thematic and story, it's pretty open and shut. If they wanted to, they could come back to it, but... It's not like this is their, like, it could be their thing if they wanted it to be. It's certainly the most popular thing, but they've proven that they always kind of want to try something different and something new. Um, there's the last three, their three games could not be any more different from each other, other than they're yeah. all on iPhone, I guess. Now, that wound up being a thing, but, because I think this originally was not going to be an iPhone game, they said, in their dev, like, what have we been up to? Um, yo, iPhone sucks because they keep updating them and then they won't work and then we have to spend our own time to fix it. So that's been fun. <laughs> um, so I was honestly surprised to see it here, but it made sense with Apple Arcade. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would be cool if they did like a different story or but maybe kept, kept that pop, maybe get a little bit more experimental. Um, yeah, I was gonna say that's kind of how like what I feel would happen. I don't think we're gonna sequel like see a sequel to this, which is totally fine with me because to be honest, I'm one of those people who I prefer like one-off things. I like yes. stories told in short form, even like just in games in general. Now I've become so much more of a fan of like stories that are told in less than ten hours and are just like a really nice experience, and then you're done. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's that's kind of more what I've been leaning to. And even with movies, too. Like, I just like a, a one-and-done sort of thing. That's why when it comes to, like, Star Wars movies, Rogue One is my favorite. Anything that's, like, a one-and-done compact thing, I love. And that's kind of how I feel about Sayonara Wild Hearts, is I just want it to be its own kind of thing. Um, however, I could see them doing something similar in terms of, like, doing another game that kind of presents itself as an album of maybe a different genre or maybe sure. stick with pop, but just do something a little bit different. Um, and then in Sayonara, you have like the whole aspect of tarot cards, which, you know, you play as the fool, which the fool in tarot represents like new beginnings. Um, and then each one of the, like, I mean, you could do a whole 
like we could do a whole discussion on like tarot and in this game and like what everything means because sure. like there are meanings to to all of it and it's it'd be a lot to talk about all that. Um, but I could see them doing maybe some sort of other vehicle for storytelling. Maybe instead of doing like tarot, they could do, I don't know, astrology or something like that. They could stick to something still kind of like a little bit out there and different and use that to tell this artistic story. So I think that we could, I was just saying, I think that we should probably expect something similar. I don't think it's going to be a sequel, um, or an expansion, but I, 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 I think we might see that. It's hard. We might. It, it's so hard because, again, like I don't know what these developers. They're they're very. They keep to themselves, and there's again the last three mm. games. If you were to go back and be like, oh, I like this game. What did they do before that? <laughs> the last thing was a Nordic horror game that used the companion app in very interesting ways. Um, <laughs> and the one before that was like this weird like puzzler thing. Um, and they all have different aesthetics, all have different stylings, and so. I can't imagine going from Year Walk, which was that uh, that sort of like Nordic horror game, to this. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. It took so much time, especially when you think of like, for a composer, I'd imagine like uh, it's such an exciting challenge. But it's like we are making this is like the most drastic pivot you can think of. So maybe they want. I don't know what they do next. Like it's just like, do they want to take another huge break or do they want to maybe iterate on what they have now? Um, who knows? But yeah, we'll see. Um, we got a few more here. This is from Gene Torres uh, at Gene Torres Thirty One. They say it's a spectacle where both visuals and music are in perfect sync. The soundtrack and the quick changes in gameplay are its highlights. I would agree. Um, mm, absolutely. Next one's from friend of the site, Rev- Ca- uh, Reverend Cameron Abbott at Unsexiest Comedy, starring our wild hearts as a beautiful visionary love letter to Sailor Moon and Western pop music and fashion. But at its core is a story of learning to love yourself and letting yourself heal in a terror-inspired fantasy. I was mesmerized, enthralled even. A wild hearts never die. Yeah, I, I, would, I would put that that way mm-hmm. as well. It's very, it's very, very, very good. Um, part of me wishes I felt I had that emotional resonance for it because, like, like I want to talk to people who had that response to it because I feel like I, I'm coming. I feel like I'm coming out pretty metered from like where people on on Twitter are just like all caps losing their goddamn minds, um, mm. which is which is cool. But I just like I, I it's it's such a beautiful, wonderful game. I I kind of wish it resonated with me so personally. I was just like, man, what a cool thing to put out there for folks uh, who will connect with it, uh, like on that level. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Sign our wild hearts. It's a very good video game. Some might say one of the best video games of 2019. <laughs> Ooh, that's <laughs> we'll a, see that's how a that goes. Claim. Please tune in later in the year to see how that goes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that's a wrap here. Um, so yeah, uh, nine out of ten for me. Uh, Jessica, thank you so much for uh, you know talking to me about Sign our wild hearts, and uh, thank you to Annapurna for sending us code to cover it. Um, Jess. If people wanted to find you online, where could they do that? They could find me uh, on Twitter. That's where I live. Um, and my handle is at Jessicogs, and that is J-E-S-S-A-C-O-G-S. Mm-hmm. And if I do you want, do you have anything for either from the site here or Uppercut or anything, one thing you want to pin, uh, direct people towards? Ooh, well, I say that everybody should be bracing themselves for that Newgrounds story that we are uh, currently working yes. on. So that's that's what I'm going to plug because I'm really excited. Thing. Uh, yeah. 
Yes, I've been doing some uh, research on that site recently. Ooh. Again, it's it's again it's fascinating that it's kind of still going, but we'll talk about that when we get to it. Um, and you can find me at J Cruz Alvarez twenty six. Um, if while you're here at the Rational Passions Presents feed, I gotta say we have some other stuff on here, uh, specifically in the review discussion format. Uh, uh, recently talked to the two OK Beast folks. Um, uh, there's some site I don't know. I've never heard of them, but uh, you know, I thought the. <laughs> Thought they seemed all right, and I, you know, send them a message, be like, "Hey, do you have any podcasting experience?" And you do, okay, cool. Um, so I reviewed, I reviewed "Telling Lies," which is another Annapurna joint. Uh, this is the next. That was the next game from Sam Barlow, maker of her story. I talked to Ian Preschel of OK Beast because both of us really loved her story. We talked about that. Uh, and one blessing at a junior. We talked about "Dangerous Driving," which came out way earlier in the year. Uh, and I say that like it was like years ago, but I mean April, which might as well be years ago. But uh, it is a car, it is a driving game in the burnout style made by people who worked in that game, except it is in an indie budget and indie scope. Um, so if any of that sounds interesting to you, you can find that on the podcast feed you're already on. Uh, but if you want something outside of that, uh, I think I would recommend Jared Green's uh, Dicey Dungeons piece. He has had one hell of a year in terms of, uh, I guess what you would call, I don't know, roguelike deck builders. Um, it's a very specific genre, but it has been an incredibly good year if you like roguelike uh, deck building games. <laughs> um, and yeah, he has a really good take on Dicey Dungeons, which is a colorful take on the genre. Um, but yeah, um, I think that's all we got. Uh, Jess, one more time, thank you so much for talking to me about this game. No, thank you for letting me pester you with questions. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love to be uh, a fountain of knowledge uh, and a critiquer of games. Um, <laughs> until what, the next time, whatever that may be here on the Rational Passions Presents feed. Uh, we will see you then. Bye.